Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park podcast, where we highlight and showcase the different gifts and talents our agents bring to the table. Today's guest is Becky Sexton. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Becky. Oh man, I can't even with your voice. I just want to like bring you tea and honey and lemon and all the good stuff right now. Yeah. Um, In case you couldn't quite make out what my wonderful colleague John was saying, we have Becky Sexton on the podcast today. This is a uh, second time for her. Last time she was here, she was talking about social media with um, several of our agents are all really good at it. Uh, but we want to bring Becky back because she has just blown up, you know, for as successful as she's been in her career over the last 12 months, um, that Becky has, you know, pushed her way to the top of the office and is there again this year with record-breaking numbers, um, a phenomenal realtor, a phenomenal human. We just love having her in the office and we are so happy to have her on the podcast today. So thank you so much for being here, Becky. Thank you. You guys are making me blush. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me again. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, and it's all, it's all true. I mean, it, it's an amazing since the beginning of the year, you've been at the top of the leaderboard and you still are there and you just keep going and you keep working. And it's not like you have nothing else going on in your life either. And we'll talk about your family and everything later as well, but um, it's just amazing. And it's really inspiring. I think for agents, whether they're new or have been doing this for a while, just to see your growth and it, it excites us too. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, John, um, with his voice being what it is, has uh, said that I'm going to be doing most of the question asking today. It's usually his thing. Um, but we, and I know we had you before, but if you don't mind just reminding our guests a little bit about your background and how you transitioned into real estate. Yeah, for sure. So I've been in real estate for almost five years now. And prior to real estate, I was working. Um, I started out of college in the um, sports world. So I did a couple of internships and then ended up working at the Chicago Wolves for three years, mainly with their um, community relations, event planning, and working with the nonprofits. And from there, I transitioned into event planning over at Lurie Children's Hospital. So I handled a lot of their um, hospital events and fundraisers there. And while I was working there, I ended up buying a condo in the city, which really sparked my interest in real estate. And at the time I was kind of at a standstill in terms of um, my growth at the company. And so I was kind of looking for other opportunities. And um, like I said, going through the process of buying a home really kind of excited me. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, kind of put the bug in my ear that, hey, maybe you'd be... um, Really, you know, I think you'd be really good at real estate. You're um, super organized, you're outgoing, you're um, on top of deadlines. And um, it kind of never really crossed my mind, to be honest. And like I said, I was kind of looking for some sort of change and figured, hey, you know what? It's 
a $600 class, I might as well take it. I'll take the test, um, hopefully pass, which it was one of the hardest tests I've taken in my life um, <laughs> and passed. And what I, I told myself, you know, I'm going to give myself a whole year in real estate um, and see what I can do in a year, because I know um, in this industry in particular, it takes time to build business, to learn what you're doing, um, to make relationships for people to start trusting you. So I told myself, I'm going to give myself a full year. And at the end of the year, figure out if I want to continue. And um, thank God I uh, had a really awesome first year and I really enjoyed <laughs> what I was doing. And so, yeah, I've been in it now, like I said, for five years. Yeah. I'd say you had an awesome first year. I believe you were uh, rookie of the year your first year in real estate. Yeah. And so you, you left your other job and just went full-time into the real estate or were you kind of doing both? I started out in September. Um, I was doing part-time at my old job and I was doing part-time real estate. And then in January of what was that? 2017, I think um, I, I quit my other job completely and was doing real estate full-time. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, it was definitely scary, especially going from, um, I've always worked at a job where I was either salaried or hourly based. And so going into a job where it was a hundred percent commission, commission based was definitely terrifying at first for, for me. But, um, but like I said, I think for me, I know that if I, dive in a hundred percent and it's kind of fight or flight, you know, you, you're gonna put, if you put all your effort into it and you treat it like a career, um, you know, what's the worst that can happen. And so that's why I told myself, give myself a year all in, um, see what I can do. Sure. Now that does take a lot of guts to go from a salaried position and just be like, I'm going to do this thing. It's all commission. I know your parents own an awesome bakery, a bakery in the suburbs. So them being entrepreneurs for many, many years, was that, do you just feel like it was kind of like in your blood or did that make you feel more comfortable having this great example with your parents making that success on their own with their business? Yes and no. I mean, I think growing up in um, a family owned business, obviously I understood the meaning of hard work and I understood what it was like to own your own company. Um, the bakery was always, as my parents said, our fourth, their fourth child. Um, and it was, you know, I think it was almost like their number, not their number one child, but it was the <laughs> most, <laughs> yeah, not their favorite. I will say that, but, um, <laughs> it was definitely like the most needy child of all of us. Um, and you know, I, I know, you know, my parents are still to this day work a ton of hours and, you know, it's exhausting. And so I, I knew that going into something like this would take a ton of hard work and dedication and sacrifice in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, I do think it helped me, um, you know, my parents are their own bosses and, um, I think I always had that in me and why I was, um, you know, captain of my volleyball team in high school and I was always, you know, kind of the leader. Um, and so not that I don't take direction well, but I think I also, I, <laughs> I flourish in, in places where I can, I can be my own boss and I can make the, the decisions. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely scary. And, um, my parents were, were supportive, but hesitant at the same time, especially because it was something that was a hundred percent commission. And I had a mortgage now, um, on a condo and, um, but at the same time, I didn't have a family. I didn't have a kid at the time. Um, so I felt like if this was, if there's any time to do it, it was now when all I had to worry about was myself. 
Sure. And which one of you is your parents' favorite child? (laughs) Obviously me. (laughs) I'm just, I'm totally kidding. Um, No, my actual follow-up question to that too is going back to your background in event planning, were you more on like the coordinating all the details of the event side and like the customer experience? Were you more on the sales side? Did you do a little bit of both? Because I can see how all of that could really lend itself to, I think, what is one of the things that's made you successful and that's creating a great customer experience with your clients. Yeah, so it kind of depended. um, When I was at the Wolves, so in the sports industry, um, I was kind of everything. So I was selling the event, trying to get fans to sign up for it. And it was, there was fundraisers um, that we ended up giving the proceeds to charity. Um, and then also was behind the scenes organizing, um, you know, getting all the print materials ready, getting all the raffle prizes, auction, all that kind of stuff. So kind of everything when I was in the sports industry, when I went over to the hospital, I was more on the, um, kind of the logistical side of things. And we had a corporate team that would, that both, Built relationships with corporate um, businesses, and um, you know, six that we had a client, or I'm trying to remember the exact term for their department, but they had um, really good relationships with a lot of our large donors. So oftentimes they were the people going out and um, kind of prospecting and, and trying to get people to come to those events. Um, but we also helped with the marketing side of things, um, and the, you know, like I said, the timelines, all the logistics, ordering the flowers, the catering, um, setting up the events, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you have to be organized to do that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of moving pieces. And, and like you said, I think a lot of those skills have translated into real estate because there are, there are so many moving pieces. You always have to be on top of deadlines. Um, you do have to be super organized. You have to be able to multitask. Um, but then, like you said, also being in front of people and being the client-facing um, person um, and be able to build those relationships with people. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And you've clearly done a great job doing that over the years. You know, how has, if it has, uh, your like lead generation changed since you first got in the business? So when you first started and had to grow your business, you know, where did you find your clients? And like, how has that changed or developed over the last five years? For sure. Um, when I first got into the industry, I think as every real estate agent thinks, you think everybody that you know, your family, your friends are all going to use you. And um, that is not always true because they know you're new. They know that you might not know what you're doing <laughs> right away. Um, I did have some friends that I helped, but most of my business did come from open houses. And I would sit two to four open houses a weekend. And I had a big follow-up system that I would do. And I would just continue to follow up with those leads um, basically until they told me to stop bugging them or they said, Hey, let's work together. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I mean, I would say a large portion of my business came from those open houses in the beginning. And then from there, you know, starting to see more of the referral side of the business. And now um, my business is heavy referral based, um, but I'm also a part of a networking group called BNI, um, which there's different groups around the city. Um, and in each group, only one person from every industry can be in that group. So I'm the only real estate agent in the group. The whole purpose of the group is to network with each other and help each other grow their business. So we're kind of that extended marketing arm for each other. So that's been a big piece of my business this, um, these last couple of years, um, and then past, past clients. And then also this past year and a half, I started doing webinars, um, every couple of months for first time home buyers. 
And that has also been pretty successful. And I've gotten some new clients through that. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because you start, did you were doing some in-person and then you transitioned to the webinar when everything happened with COVID. Can you tell us just like a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, um, I'm trying to think probably about two years into the business, um, my lender, I've built a really good relationship with him and we kind of thought, Hey, why don't we go to companies? And I know other agents do this as well, but we started getting into some of the larger companies. Um, one of which Salesforce, one of my really good friends works there. And we've done a bunch of webinar, um, in-person learning opportunities, lunch and learns there, um, to talk about first time home buying, but we were doing that. And then, like you said, when COVID hit, um, I was like, shoot, how are we going to, how are we going to do this? So we ended up hosting our first webinar. I think it was end of April, um, of last year. And so we had a really good turnout. And so we just kind of continued to do them and, um, they've been really successful for us and we've been really excited about it. We'd love to go back to businesses because we'd bring lunch. It was definitely a really fun experience for us. And I think it provides, um, a good opportunity for employers to, to offer to their client or to their, um, their employees, um, give them something different to do, offer them free lunch. Um, we would provide the lunch. Um, and also, you know, people who generally are homeowners, I think are more likely to stay at the job that they have, or at least stay in Chicago because now they have this property. So I think at the end of the day, it does also benefit the company too, if, if their employees are homeowners in Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Like, I never even thought of it, of it that way too, but it is a value add to the company as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's, um, that's, I think some of our sell to the HR or whenever we were able to, to chat with them is that, Hey, this is also a benefit to you guys. Um, but we have found it, you know, a little challenging to get into some industries because, um, or some businesses, cause they're a little bit tight lipped, um, when it comes to bringing outside people in, but, um, anybody that we can go to, it's been really successful. And then for your webinars, how did you market those? <laughs> um, so I actually, some of my friends, so my friend that works at Salesforce, I have a couple of um, friends that work at Google. So they have been sharing the webinar with their employees or their colleagues. Um, and that has been the most successful um, way to get people to come to our webinar. But we also, I did a big Instagram um, drive or whatever campaign I should say in January with a bunch of reels which was super exhausting and I don't know if I'll ever do that again but um so <laughs> but that was I, you're so good. well thank you um but yeah it was super exhausting um so yeah that was a really good way to get people to come to because the the reels do generate a lot of um a lot of viewership and so we got I think probably about 40 people to sign up off of that little campaign oh, wow. yeah I mean, that's yeah. really incredible if you think about yeah. it. Those are all just cold signups. Yeah. Yeah. So, really so yeah, cool. hopefully we can come up with something creative to do like that again and, um, and drive more traffic to the webinars. Um, By we, we enemy. <laughs> <laughs> the we. Um, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You were not, you did not receive this question in advance, but I was talking with some agents earlier today. We we're talking about social media and how like, if you have a dog or a baby, it's just like 
Everybody loves that stuff on social media and you have a wonderful family and you became a mom as well. And um, if you could just even talk about that experience of like being a mom and like, are you, I know some parents are very protective what they share about their family on social media and like, how do you, you know, you know, um, incorporate your family in those personal posts into the other social media, marketing, social media marketing that you're doing. And then part two of that is, has it opened up doors with like mom groups and stuff like that on Facebook that gives you other channels to get in front of people? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think where to start with all of that, but. But yeah, I think, I don't know. I kind of run my social, I do have a private Instagram page, but to be honest, I haven't posted on there since I think Ellie was born and she's almost two in August. So, um, I think as a real estate agent, like it does become your life. It's, you know, as much as I think, um, in the first couple years, or maybe even some of some of the incentive to get into real estate, I really wanted, you know, a a work-life balance, but I mean, to be honest, I think that that's just BS. Um, I think it's just, it's more about management and just like, and you know, we do have to be available all the time for our clients, especially in a market like this, where homes come on the market and they fly off. So, um, real, I, I think real estate is your life. It's, it's part of who you you are. And I think I, I try to treat my, my Instagram as like, this is my life. I'm working. I'm a mom. Um, you know, I used to have other social things that I did, but, um, but obviously <laughs> with COVID and also a kid, um, that some of that stuff has fallen off to the wayside, but, but no, I try to treat it as like, get to know me as a person. Um, because I think at the end of the day, people want to work with someone that they feel like they can relate to and that they can we have a good relationship with. So yeah, I've, I'm pretty open about sharing stuff about Eliana on social media. Um, I mean, I, I try not, you know, it's not every single thing that she's doing, but, um, I think when she was a really little baby, I didn't share as much, but now a toddler age, she's really funny and, um, hysterical. So I, I think it's entertaining for, um, for me. And then also just, I think, you know, I, and I don't know how you guys are too, but I think it's also, um, not only on, on like the work side of being a relatable person, but, um, it's also how I share my life with my friends and family that I, you know, haven't seen for a year and a half or live out of state. Um, so, you know, I, I've, I've really kind of loosened my, um, like trying to be all professional on social media, um, to really kind of just show who I am as a person. Um, and sorry, I'm trying to remember the, the other, the second part of the question that you had now. Oh, no worries. And if John could talk right now, he would be screaming for joy with that last comment that you just had, because he's always been pushing the whole, like the blend. And I think you do it well because you've got the really good real estate content, but then it's really nice to see those pictures of your family or Eliana or your husband and whatever, or just you doing your own personal thing by yourself too, right? Like that's also important. It's just who's Becky as a person. Um, I think you blend it well. The second part of that question was, you know, there's so many different groups on platforms. Like I know on Facebook, there's, you can join, there's a group for everything. Yeah. So like, have you joined either like neighborhood groups or mom groups or like met other, other potential people that can be invited into your sphere now with some of these life changes that you've experienced? 
Yeah. So I am a part of a couple moms groups on Instagram and I did, or sorry, on Facebook. And I did actually get a listing last year from it. Um, cause people are on there all the time saying, Hey, I'm thinking about selling. I'm thinking about buying I need a real estate agent. Um, it's not something I put a lot of stake into just because they there's thousands of people. And like those it's funny on these moms groups, um, posts like that, that have nothing to do with being a mom, get a bazillion comments. And then one time I posted, Hey, I need a pediatrician in the area. And it was like crickets, you know? Um, so I'm like, what is the point of this group? Um, but yeah, I did get a listing out. So whenever I see those posts, I have a couple of friends that are in those groups and they're constantly tagging me on those. So I try to respond as quickly as possible, but they're not super successful, but I always throw my name out there. So you just never know who's reading. Um, one person asked about, I don't know what I'm, you know, need to do. Um, to buy a home someone and one of my friends tagged my webinar um so it's a you know it's something I like to do um but like I said I don't really put a ton of stake on it but I think in general just having a kid has kind of opened my eyes to what it takes to be a parent what it takes to be a parent in the city um and what you need in a house to kind of um raise a child so now when I have clients that maybe just got married and are thinking about having a kids I'm like oh are you sure you want to live on a fourth floor walk up and have to carry the car seat and the stroller all the way up four flights of stairs, you know? Um, so just things like that, that now I have a different perspective. And I think that's been really helpful, um, as I've moved into, you know, a different phase in my life. Um, and it's been really, you know, helpful for my clients now too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to be able to relate to that. And like you said, you, you look at properties a little bit differently and you can provide that perspective if maybe they're expecting a child. And like you said, who wants to carry all that stuff plus <laughs> groceries and the baby and everything else up for four flights of stairs. Yeah. I can barely make it up four flights anyway. I'm so out of shape. So imagine carrying a bunch of stuff. <laughs> same <laughs> <laughs> I love that though and I think you've been so great at social media um you know is there anything else that you'd like to share about how social media has changed your business I think it's fair to say that since you started five years ago social media has changed a lot and you know how has that impacted your business and the way that you look at building and growing for the future for sure um, I was really stressed out the first couple of years in real estate because all I kept hearing was like, you got to make phone calls. You have to reach out to your sphere. And I'm just not a super phone call person. I call like my four best friends and my parents and that's like about it. So for me to call friends that I haven't seen since high school, it just, it came off in my personality. It came off as more of like a sales pitch and not genuine. So I felt like social media for me was a much better way to connect with people. And it was in a really more genuine way and something that was more true to me. Um, and yeah, it's changed dramatically since I started. And um, I think it's been a really cool piece to add to your business. And, um, you know, I've been, I've gotten a lot of mostly people that I know, um, whether it's someone I went to high school with or college with, um, but maybe wasn't necessarily best friends with, but we, we knew each other. Um, and we're friends on Facebook or friends on Instagram. And because I'm constantly posting about what I'm doing and, you know, with, with a baby and all this stuff, we we've connected and we've related. And, um, and then when it comes time that they're looking to sell or that they just reach out like, Hey, I have a question about, um, you know, buying a condo or whatever it may be. And it's been a really good way to just start that conversation. And it has led into clients. So um, it's been a really big tool for me. And like, like I said, kind of the, the phone calls stressed me out, but I feel like 
you know, texting and social media is kind of that new phone call for our generation. And so it's a really good way for me to, to keep in contact with people and especially like past clients. Um, I love like they'll, you know, post moving, they're moving in or different things that they're doing to their house. And it's one really awesome. It, 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 like it really excites me to see all that stuff and to see what they've done and how they've changed things. And then also it's just a really great way to, to reconnect with them and stay front of mind for them. No, I think you're absolutely right. You know, just the way we communicate in general has totally changed. So with having to take that new approach, you know, I was telling David not that long ago, I think, you know, when I remember when I first got started and there was a 30, 30, the 35 year gap between me and the team leader whose team I was on at the time, age gap. And so we had very different demographics of people that we knew. And, you know, I remember one time I was on Facebook messaging with someone. He's like, why are you wasting all that time on Facebook? I'm like, well, this is how I talk to people. <laughs> this is how I reach them. This is where they are. And yeah. for him, he would just pick up the phone. And I think you're so right about that is that there's not, you know, the phone still does work, but it just might not be the best way for some of these newer, younger agents coming up today to be reaching people. So why, why force that issue more than it needs to be if you can be doing the, the DMing through the different platforms? For sure. Yeah. Or texting. Or yeah. Snapchat. No. I never got into it. No. <laughs> either. Some of these things I'm just like, I can't figure out. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's always so much. Um Actually, I'm going to pause for my good friend, John, here, because I normally talk over him anyway when I get excited, but now we just can't hear him when he's talking because he lost his voice. So, John, do you want to, do you have any questions for Becky before we keep rolling? No, no questions, just comments that um, I really respect your approach to social media because, because I agree, like, for me, if I started practicing real estate and I just started calling all my friends, they'd be like, what, what's up? Why are you calling? You've never called me before. You've never done this before. And yeah. it doesn't seem like it would be very genuine. Um, so I do appreciate that that you that you recognize that you wanted to be true to yourself and you found a way to make it work um, that fit with you. And I yeah, I just think it's really great. And I love your Thanks. social media. It's it's fantastic. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Fun. Like you try different things with it, and it makes it fun to keep watching. It's not always the same thing. Um, John, you just reminded me, this is a totally true story. Going back to the, the phone calls and why it doesn't work for everybody. Back again, then in the beginning when I was being told I had to be making phone calls, I called a friend that I would never otherwise just like call in the morning. And I remember she picked up the phone and was like, what do you need? Yeah. And, um, and I was just like, and it, this was true at the time. I was about to be getting, um, going through the divorce process. I'm like, and she worked for a divorce attorney. And I was like, uh, I just I was wondering if maybe you guys could represent me in my divorce. And that's how I got my divorce attorney <laughs> because it was easier for me to say that than to like do anything else. And I was totally caught off guard by her. Like, Oh my God. What do you want? Cause she wasn't expecting it. Cause it just wasn't natural for right. the type of relationship that we had, but I felt like I had to sure. do it. So <laughs> I feel you. I had a couple of those too. <laughs> You're like, um, butt dial. I'm so sorry. I'll call you. Yeah. Later. <laughs> I will never call you again. Yeah. You. <laughs> See that? Yeah. I mean that, um, that would have been a better response, I guess, but I did also get 
a referral for an attorney. So it all worked out at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Becky, what do you think the key is to setting yourself apart as an agent? Oh gosh. I feel like, um, I think you just got to be true to yourself, to be honest. I mean, I, the, something I love about real estate is there's so many ways to be successful. And I think if you talk to the top 10 agents in the office, they're all going to have different strategies mm -hmm. and clearly they all work, you know? So like we're kind of talking about with the phone calls and social media, like, I think you have to figure out what you're most, not necessarily most comfortable with doing, because I think there's also um, value to stepping outside of your comfort zone and pushing yourself outside of those boxes. But like figuring out what you feel like is, is genuine and what represents yourself and how you feel like you can best serve your clients because, you know, we're in this for the long haul. And I think if you got to set up a system that is sustainable um, and something that you're, you enjoy doing, you know, like I said, I like literally dreaded locking myself in a room for an hour and trying to call people. Whereas like I could name a few agents right now that like they love doing that. And that's just them, you know, but it's just not me. So I think being really true to yourself and at the end of, and I also think, um, patience in this industry, mm -hmm. um, you really, like I said, when I started, I gave myself a year, you know, you can't give yourself three months. And if you don't get a deal, you're quitting. You just can't do that because it's, it's unrealistic. So you do have to be really patient and persistent, um, and, and treat it like a career, you know, um, like, I think some people, they look at real estate and they see it as, you know, we can do whatever we want. We can set our own schedules. We could go to the beach on a Wednesday afternoon, which is true, but you're not going to be really, uh, you know, a, a, a super top agent. If, if that's what you're doing, if you're spending your time at the beach, unless you like to walk up to strangers, suntanning and ask them to buy a house, like, I don't know, maybe that's your, that's your, um, your thing, but um, you know, like really treat it like a career. This is your job. This is, um, who you are and you have to put in the work to get the results. So yeah. Becky, you just gave me an idea for a Legion strategy on the beach. If you bring branded sunblock and walk up to everybody who's sunburned and bring them the sunblock and you could probably put some cheesy message on there, like burn before, like, I don't know what the rest of that would be. <laughs> John is looking at me like, please no. Like, don't get that something like that. <laughs> no, I think your message is so important though. The patience is key and it's hard to stay patient when it can take a long time for some of these leads that you're nurturing to finally, you know, want to do something. And then also just being true to yourself. I think that's so, so important. Yeah, for sure. How long was it before you got your first deal? So I started part-time in September um, and then full-time in January. My first closing on like a, a buyer was in April, but I did have some rental clients before that. You know, I had a couple rentals, I think in January and February and March, but, um, but yeah, for my first buyer was in April. So it took a while, you know, and that's where someone had told me that I needed 
at least three months, if not six months of savings um, to cover my expenses for that time. And they were spot on, you know, um, you really do need a good chunk of savings um, to, if you're going to do this full time um, to kind of cover those months where you're not going to have income right away. Absolutely. Yeah. And it makes it, it takes some of that pressure off of you too. You know, if you're going to every single opportunity with a potential client, you know, with that stress and that pressure of like, I don't have enough money to pay my bills this month. Like you're not going to really be able to act in their best interest all of the time. If that's weighing on you, uh, it takes away from the whole experience, um, you know, and this, in the experience that you're creating for them too. For sure. hundred percent. Um, do you, and I can edit this out if you don't want me to, do you mind if we share your year to date volume numbers right now? Yeah, that's totally fine. Okay. So just to show how the patience and being true to yourself and everything Becky has shared with us already so far can pay off halfway through the year, Becky has already closed close to $14 million in volume. <laughs> <laughs> which is nuts. There are teams of multiple realtors that don't hit those numbers. And we are, it's June 3rd. Yes. Right. The third John. Yeah. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And like, and I think last year you hit really good numbers as well, but have you surpassed last year already just in the first five months of this year? Um, yeah. So last year I did, I think almost 13,000. So we're probably about even, I will say one of those sales was a really, really, really large referral that, um, got counted towards my numbers, but even without that, it's a very large number, which I'm honestly shocked at. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I mean, you know, <laughs> You're, you're just fabulous. Everything you do is so great. I mean, you've shown us that you're not afraid to try different ways to continue to grow your business, but everything always comes back to that relationship, even your webinars, right? Like it's one thing to get people there, but knowing you, I know your follow-up and really developing those relationships is really what's making that successful for you too. Same with the social media. And even with that large referral, that referral was still sent to you. It could have gone to any agent in Chicago, right? So like you earned that through all the hard work that you do. I just think these numbers are just nuts. I love looking at it. You're currently ranked 14 out of almost 2,500 agents in the company. So I hope you're uh, very excited and proud about that. <laughs> That's nuts. I need a vacation. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. Don't go to a beach and Nagid's going to come up to a sunscreen and tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come pitch you with my sunblock. Oh, John, I'm going to work Perfect. on the tagline and then I'll run it by you first. I don't want to embarrass you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm impressed right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Becky, what are some of your goals for your business? You know, get in the next year. So given what we just discussed and where you're at already, like what are your goals for the rest of this year? And then where do you see yourself in 10 years? What do you want your business to look like? Oh, that's a completely loaded question. Um, but so I'm in the process of hiring a marketing assistant, which I'm super excited about. Courtney and I are splitting a person. And um, so that was kind of a big step I've been thinking about for probably two years now um, and have finally come to a place where I feel really comfortable doing that. But I'm really excited about that because I think that that will take a lot of stuff off my plate that um, 
while it was on my plate, wasn't necessarily always getting done. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I think that's going to add um, a whole nother level of really being able to service my clients better. Um, and also just, um, engage with people, my, my friends, my, uh, my sphere, and also my past clients. So I'm really excited about that. I'm still kind of, to be honest, undecided in terms of in the next 10 years, what, you know, does it, does it look like growing a team? Um, or does it look like me just kind of continuing down um, this path? Um, I think there's both, there's benefits and disadvantages to both of them. Um, but I do, I, I think, potentially the next step probably in the next 10 years would maybe be adding like a, an additional um, uh, assistant, not assistant, but another, um, another agent that could help with showings and listings and that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I, I, I feel like it's, it's all I've like grown really quickly that I haven't necessarily had the time to, to really determine like where I want to be in the next <laughs> 10 years. Um, so sorry, I can't answer that question oh. completely. We'll give you a day to think about it. We can yeah. talk to this tomorrow. <laughs> no um, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, that's totally great. The good thing is you have options and you can go whichever direction you want, but yeah, I hope whatever direction you do go, it does give you some more time to do a vacation or spend some time with your family because you deserve it. For sure. Thank you. Um, what is one real estate transaction? And this could be a good transaction or a bad transaction that really has stuck out to you or both, or both <laughs> if you want to share um so I feel like I remember vividly like the feelings of excitement and nervousness like writing my first offer ever and um if Eric Schwinger ever listens to this he was like my go-to person in the first year I would call him it always happened to be like Friday nights or Saturday nights and god bless him he always picked up my phone call and I was like what do I put in this line um what does this mean again and what do I do? They, they countered with this. And so he was a huge help um, when I started in real estate, but I like vividly remember like the feelings, the nervousness, the excitement um, of just putting together my first deal ever in real estate and like calling my parents and calling my boyfriend, now husband and being like, I got the deal and we have something under contract. And so, you know, it wasn't anything wild and crazy and it was a really smooth transaction, thankfully. Um, actually, now that I think of it, we actually did go under contract and backed out after inspection and then got another offer. So it wasn't necessarily the smoothest, but, um, but I just, I like remember those feelings and remember how excited I was. And um, I think that that I still get excited when we get an offer and I still, you know, and I, I try to always harness those feelings that I feel felt. And then also I remember when I got my first place and that my agent called me and said, Hey, they accepted your offer. And I was so happy. And I, I'm pretty sure I cried because I'm emotional. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I try to really like harness those feelings because I think it is something that is really easy to lose when you've been doing it for a while and you do a lot of transactions, you forget how much it means to your clients when you sell or, or buy, um, you know, and I've been through both the selling side and the buying side, which I think definitely helps me be able to relate to my clients a little bit better. But, but yeah, I think remembering vividly that first transaction and how excited I was and not taking for granted, um, all the people that I'm really able to help now, um, and where, where it's led the business today. So that's a great answer. 
That is a great answer. No one, no one yet has mentioned their very first transaction and that excitement. And I, it's true. I love too how you mentioned, you know, it is easy to kind of forget what that feeling is on the buyer or the seller side when you get that first offer or you write your first offer and um, that excitement of knowing you're either going to be buying a home or getting to sell your home so that you can move on to whatever the next step is. Yeah, for sure. All right. We've got one last tough question. And then John has two tougher questions for you. John, are you, are you good, John, to ask your yeah, Okay. Um, just to kind of wrap up our real estate conversation, Becky, what advice would you give to somebody um, who's just getting into the business for the first time? Yeah, well, I think we've touched on a few things that I would say, but like I said before, um, I, you know, I truly believe that you get in what you put out or you get out with put, however you say that I got you. Put in the work to get the results. So treat, it has, you have to treat it like a career. And, and I understand there's people that have a full-time gig and want to just get their real estate license to help their friends and family. I totally understand that. And I don't feel like this, this advice is geared at those people, but people who really want this to be their career and want to do it full-time and be successful, you have to put in the work um, and you have to really be available all the time. Um, and, and like I said before, um, I think kind of getting out of that mindset of like having a work-life balance, but just being able to manage, manage, manage your kids and manage your, your family or your husband or your wives or whatever. Um, but then also, you know, realize that it's, it's just kind of going to meld all into one. Um, and then also, like I said before, patience, like give yourself a good year to get your feet wet. Um, I mean, I've, I've been in it for almost five years and I feel like there's still transactions that happen that I'm like, I've never had this happen before. Like, how do we manage this thing? Or how do we figure out this problem? And so it, there's, a huge learning curve and you really have to be patient. And, um, you know, as we were talking before, some of those people that you'll meet at open houses, I remember people I met my first year, two years later came back and said, Hey, I'm ready to buy. So it takes, it's a process. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you really do have to be patient and, um, you know, just continue to grind and don't get discouraged. I think it's really easy to focus on that one person that didn't use you. Um, and you forget about the 10 others that do. So just like, don't lose sight of that. And um, don't let, you know, you're going to get people that end up screwing you over. You're going to get people, friends and family that don't use you. That's going to happen. And it hurts and it stings. And it's, it's tough sometimes to get over that, but, you know, focus on the good, focus on the people that did use you and, um, you know, forget about it. T take your 10 minutes, go punch a punching bag or whatever you got to do, scream in a pillow or whatever. But, um, but you know, don't, don't focus on that stuff and, and you're going to be fine. That's so, awesome. All Thank, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, John, she's all yours. Okay. In a movie of your life, who would know you? Hmm. So I've been told that sometimes I look like Anne Hathaway, um, which I sometimes can see, but maybe yeah. I would pick her, I guess. Be, I mean, she's like a really great actress. She is. And she can yeah. sing. Anne Hathaway and like Devil Wears Prada or Anne Hathaway and like Les Mis. Ooh. Or what about like the Princess Diaries or what was she in? Yeah, probably more that. Who would play Nagin and I in a movie about your life? 
Oh, goodness. I don't know. I don't know actors and actresses. And like, would John and I be friends in the movie of your life? Uh, you know, we're sworn enemies. Like, you kind of look like, um, what's her name? Monica from Friends. Oh, yeah. Courtney. Oh, I haven't gotten her yet. Courtney Cox, that's a great one. Yeah, okay. I think she could play you for sure. And John, I would have to get back to you on that one because I always, maybe like, um, what's the guy? Chad something. I love oh, Chad. Chad. Chad Michael Murray. Okay. Oh, yes. That is the best one we've gotten. You think so? I do. I think I think it could work. He was in Gilmore Girls, right? He was. Um, He was in One Tree Hill. Yeah, One Tree Hill. Okay, second question. (laughs) What was the last time you remember feeling truly happy? Just like simply happy. Oh, man. Um, Happy memory. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I luckily get these little like happy moments all the time with Eliana. Um, And it sounds like so cliche, but it's really fun having a little kid because they get excited about the weirdest, smallest (laughs) things. Um, and so Ellie has a nanny that speaks Spanish to her and my husband speaks Greek to her. So she's understands three languages and sometimes words come out in one of the three. And so she, um, is obsessed with ants lately. And every time she sees an ant, which is ombliga or no, that's belly button. It's, um, now I can't even think of the name, but it's in Spanish and she, or Miga, or Miga. So every time she sees an aunt, she goes, Mika, Mika. And she has to like run over and look at it. And um, I don't know, it's, I think it's, kids are just so fun because they're, they're just refreshing. And like I said, the smallest little things that we always take for granted, just like make them so happy and excite them. Um, so yeah, so I feel like, I don't know, even well, yesterday she was kind of being a little brat, but a couple of years ago she saw some ants on the ground and she was super excited. And it just kind of like brings you joy, you know, just like watching them develop and just get excited about the littlest things. <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. a great story. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is so great. <laughs> um, Becky, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this again. We, I really enjoyed getting to talk with you a little bit more and going deeper on your business. Um, we're obviously very proud of you. For anybody who wants to reach you, whether it's somebody looking to get into the business and they want to pick your brain or somebody who needs your help buying or selling a home, uh, what's the best way for people to reach you and where can they find you on social media? Sure. So probably um, shoot me a text or give me a call or an email. Did I, do you want me to recite my number and email or sure, we can put it in the, in the notes too. Yeah. Put it in the notes. Um, so look at the notes, my number and email will be in there. That's usually the easiest way to reach me. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Becky sells Chicago. Um, and then my Facebook page is still my maiden name because Facebook is a jerk and they if you're <laughs> Facebook, I would like to change my name on my business page. So it's still Becky Jarish real estate, but it really should be Becky Sexton real estate. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook does not make it easy. You are correct. Oh, about that. I've requested so many times and like, I don't know if it just like, they don't do it. I'm like, I need to change my name. Like you can change it on your profile with just like refilling it out. And for some reason, a business page they I don't know, but yeah. So those are easiest ways to find me. Thank you. Yeah. And we will put Becky's information in the show notes. So go read it, call her, DM her, don't call her, text her or DM her. 
or email her. Oh no, but yeah. <laughs> if you're calling because you want to buy or sell, you can definitely give her a call for that. Becky, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Hope you guys both have an awesome rest of your afternoon. Thank you for having me, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.